Good morning. And welcome to United Church of Christ Longmont. It's good to see you all this morning and a very special welcome to our visitors and guests and a welcome back to folks who haven't been with us for a lot of different reasons. It's so good to be together. It truly is a gift and a welcome to those who are joining us online as well. All totaled, we are a community that practices what love looks like and looks like and sounds like and even feels like. And I hope that love is accessible to you this morning, especially with the understanding that we all come to this space and this time from different places. Whatever it is that you've brought with you this day, just know that there's space for it. And just know also that the Spirit might offer some shifting inside for you today. So I invite you to be receptive to the work of the Spirit. My name is Sarah Verasco, and my pronouns are she and her. And on behalf of all of our worship leaders, Robert and Lauren, our volunteer leaders, John Rosticus is here today, and we have Wayne up in the AV loft. Rob Cronin is here. He's a new ministry intern, and you'll hear more about that later on in our service. We're, of course, grateful for our choir. There's so much that goes into this time of gathering, just like at your home when you have company. And in that spirit, let's welcome one another with the words that we use each week. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. So allow yourself to arrive. Allow yourself to be grounded in this space. And allow your breathing to be a part of that grounding. Turn your awareness to your breath. And we breathe in the breath of God and we breathe out the love of God. Together, let's breathe in the breath of God and breathe out the love of God. And let's see what our God will do with us in this time of worship. Let us rise in spirit and sing number 423 in our new century hymnal, Great is your faithfulness.
remain standing or sit, whatever posture is most comfortable for you as we join in the spirit of prayer. Let us pray together. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness throughout all of history and in this present moment. Thank you for all that you provide, both seen and unseen, and for your generous hand. As we gather in this new morning, may we see the gift of your mercy and transforming love more fully. And may your faithfulness be our guide. Amen. If we have any young people, you're welcome to be seated. If we have any young people with us, there is Children's Church today, and Anna Wing is going to be our leader. There are some folks in the quiet room, and you're welcome to go, and you will return before the end of the service to reconnect with your adults. Actually, there's, two, there's another special thing I want to mention this morning, and that's, uh, you know, Robert skipping over um, to sit beside his dad. So his dad's here today. Um, so you might want to say hi later. <laughs> or now. <laughs> Our scripture lesson this morning is the parable of the talents. Raise your hand if you've heard this before, yeah. And so what's a talent? It's a coin. It's a, it's a weight of, um, it's a unit of currency, it's a weight of silver. And so for those who haven't heard this before, I want you to just listen um, carefully. And to those who have heard it before, listen with new eyes. Um, this Reading is often used as motivation, very, very effectively used as motivation in fundraising. There are occasions where sometimes, you know, people who come in are given $100 and said, go see what you can make with this. That's not going to happen today. <laughs> Just telling you. There are other times when this passage is used um, very effectively for volunteer recruitment. Sort of like, America's got talent and so do you. So here's how you can plug in. Oh, that might happen today. But that'll be the work of the Spirit. There's something about this reading that kept gnawing at me. And so I'm going to stop there and read it to you and see if you can pick up on maybe another way of thinking about this reading. So we're in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, starting with verse 14. For it is as if a person going on a journey summoned their slaves and entrusted their property to them. To one they gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to their ability. Then they went away. The one who had received the five talents went off, 
at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole, and hid their master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. Their master said, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. The master said, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh person, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from them and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw them into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is ancient wisdom. And I'm so glad that most of the children left the room. Do you see why that might gnaw at me? I hope it hits you in a few odd places. It doesn't matter what the translation is, whether it's slave owner and slaves, business person and assistants, persons and servants. The person in charge is using those in their charge. They're exploiting them. You notice that the person didn't deny the description. No, you knew that about me. You knew what I was about. So what if this parable was a social criticism? What if the one who buried the money and didn't even pursue interest was the faithful one? 
This is only for those who really have studied and read the whole Bible, but in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 19, it says, you shall not charge interest to your sibling. Interest on money or food or anything that is lent out at interest. None of it. You lend it, lucky you if it's received back but no charging interest. What if this parable is a warning against what the United States perpetuates as cultural norms? The practices and politics that distract us and drain us and divide us. The invitation from last week continues. Choose this day whom you will serve. Do you want to serve the ruthless one? The money-making machine? At the cost of human dignity? Work harder, do more. In other words, the ones who have a lot get more. Or those who resist the humanity of this model? In other words, the ones who have little go to the back of the line? Isn't this resistance where Jesus lived? The last will be first. The first will be last. The one who says, follow me. Don't exploit one another. Love one another. This is an invitation to check ourselves. Who are we following? To not examine it is to follow the leader that's presented in the reading. The spirit of love is not one of reward and punishment. It's not pure obligation, you owe me. I am your master, you are my slave. I always think of my friend Dave when he talks about the obligation of love and and how that's so ludicrous. It sounds a little bit like this. He says, you know, imagine if I went to my wife Becky on our 23rd wedding anniversary with a bouquet of flowers and an invitation to dinner said, My darling Becky, I am giving you these flowers because I am obligated as your husband to acknowledge our anniversary. And in so doing, I also acknowledge that flowers are sometimes a good way to do this. And so as further point of my obligation to love you, I am going to invite you to dinner. Would you like to join me? Just warms your heart, doesn't it? See how silly that is? There is another way where love is expressed in care and thanksgiving. Where giving is expressed in care and thanksgiving. Offering is another word for giving, isn't it? It's a beautiful combination. Care and thanks. Becky, 
I love you so much. And I remember 23 years ago making one of the best decisions of my life. I'm so glad that you said yes to joining our lives as one. I know it hasn't always been easy and I'm not always the best husband, but know that I love you and I will always love you. Well, that brought a little tear to my eye. Seriously, because I know Becky and Dave. I know you don't know them, but you know, So this week, an, an email came forward with another way that this can be expressed. And it, Carol Mathis Craft sent this email around. It was um, a story about a man, a businessman, in Canada. His name is Marcel Lebrun. I don't know if I butchered that name or not, but L-E-B-R-U-N. And he sees himself as a community builder. And he sold his company and became a millionaire. And he used his talents, his units of money, to create a community of 99 tiny homes to alleviate homelessness in New Brunswick, Canada. It's still in process, but it's called the 12 Neighbors Community. And it's designed much like Micah Homes, you know, with within the spirit of community by architect and design. The Michael Holmes face one another, so every time you walk out your door, you see someone else's, and there's a lot of interactions that take place. His strategy was to welcome those who are homeless. The article didn't sort of ask the question of like, why, why do you care? But there's a little clue because it says, that he understands some of the layers of need. So you wonder what the personal element might be, the combination of care and giving. And his initial investment of $4 million became $12 million. Because the combination of giving and care usually leads to more giving and care. Now, closer to home, that's an example in Canada, closer to home, right here. Our congregation's story came into play as if on cue, as this always happens. You probably remember, and if you're hearing for the first time, please know that one of the commitments of this congregation for the past three years solid since COVID shutdown was that we were gonna use every inch of this campus for ministry. And so our investment with people who are living with disabilities, our investment with children, our investment with music and the arts, means that our space is open, we have very modest pricing for space use, always with the capacity to say, someone sort of pushes back on the price, is this a financial hardship for you? And if the answer is yes, the price changes. And so one of the groups that uses our space and their use of our space has quadrupled is the agency Imagine. 
who cares with, for adults living with disabilities. And so the phone call that came in last week was, my daughter participates in Imagine, and I'm so thankful that you've opened up your space to this group. I'd like to make a donation. You see how that works? There's no sense of obligation or transaction that's expected, but genuine gratitude. It's actually quite beautiful. And there's also this sort of multiplication that happens. I already mentioned it with um, the story in Canada, how four million became 12 million. That wasn't interest. <laughs> well, it was interest, but not from the bank. The micro-home investment that this community make, made continues to grow because Wesley Homes are going to be popping up soon, we hope, through the heart of Longmont. Homes for families with children, very different focus, but homes. Our gun violence reduction ministry has grown with interest, multiplied, uh, Intermountain Health, which used to be Good Samaritan, they've just purchased 500 gun lock, gun safes, not locks, safes, 500. They're going to give them out inside the hospital in December. It's on their budget line. That doesn't happen without the grace of God, let me tell you. This congregation has also made an investment in people exploring a call to local church ministry. And between Micah Homes and gun violence reduction and people exploring a call to local church ministry, we have Clarice and Royal offers their gift to be thankful for, among other things. But let me just tell you that this gener generosity that begets generosity started with a connection to a community where obviously there was love and care that was shared. And they left the church a million dollars. Wow. Wasn't an obligation. They didn't get anything for it other than we keep saying their name now, but that didn't matter to them. What mattered is that new ministries could be born. And let me say a little bit more about the, um, the grant that is investing in people exploring a call to local church ministry. Rob Cronin is going to be a ministry intern, and he'll be up in a minute offering you words of blessing. He's also, if that sounds familiar, he's also one of our youth leaders with a collaborative youth program. And this internship is going to last seven months, and he's going to be teaching Bible study before church on Sunday mornings and offering another kind of class on Thursday evenings and also opportunity for families with children and people who just want to come out and have fun with other families who have children. Because through the work of youth ministry, something has awakened 
It's not my story to tell, so I'll let Rob do it at some point, but it's an investment that's already grown. So I'm going to ask you again, whom will you follow? Or in the spirit of Mary Oliver, you know, what is it you plan to, and just a slight adjustment, what is it you plan to give in this one precious and wild life? What will you give? Sounds like a good time to say something about stewardship. (laughs) Smooth, right? Because we've heard from a lot of you about what you plan to give in 2024. And if we haven't heard from you yet, and if you have an idea, please speak to Marcia Silkinson. She's here today. Marcia, just raise your hand. You don't get to be conspicuous today. Raise it again. People are just starting to turn. Let her know. Because this helps us as a community decide what we're able to do in 2024. And that's enough of that because I want you to know that all of your congregational leaders, Amelia and I, Steve Tanney, Wayne Simmons, we know how generous you are. Only because we look at the financials each, each month, we don't know exactly how generous you are, but we know that there's a lot of generosity. And we hope that you know that we're grateful. We're grateful for what you're able to contribute. From the smallest amount to the greatest amount. Because whatever the amount, the amount is, it's all combined together. And it's used to multiply the love of God in the world. And it does. And for that, um, we can thank the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of each of you. So thank you. I have one more little story. And this one is, it wasn't an easy one, but it was a really important one. On Thursday, I got a phone call from who I thought was a church member. And I said, hi, Diane, because it came up on my contacts. And the person on the other line said, this isn't Diane, this is her daughter. I said, "Uh uh-oh. Because you know when someone else calls from someone's phone? She said, yeah, uh uh-oh. And so Diane had had a health incident. And if you don't know who Diane Burkpile is, it's understandable. She only joins us online. She joined the church as an online member. And so it was really clear because of the health incident she had that she was not going to make it through the night. It's an odd moment, and I can only imagine it's a very odd experience to be the person who knows exactly what's happening. You will not make it through the day. Oof. There was so much love 
expressed in words and presence by that family in that moment and throughout the day. The family showed up in a way that was obviously not obligation. That would be a time where if something was unresolved, you might want to show up, but that was not the case at all here. They wanted to be there, and they were. They found a way to gather in person and by phone. And there were eight people on the phone call that just ran live the whole time. Because the investment of love had been made over the course of a lifetime and now was multiplied and freely given in a last visit. One of the last things I heard Diane say was to everyone who was there, this was so beautiful. I mean, again, the love had been expressed, the gratitude. She said, thank you for spending this day with me. I'll see you again. And that's the investment of faith shared with all who will hear. Her life and the very end of her life modeled love one another. And love never dies. I'll see you again. There is life beyond this life. She had been visited by her late husband and other friends who had gone before her in dreams two days before. And we learned during only online connecting that spirit to spirit, we can connect even in physical absence. So friends, take the risk of investing as a way of giving thanks for the gift of your life for the gift of all the love that you've received. Even if it didn't come from the people you think it should have, it came from somewhere. The gift of every community that lives these words, you are welcome here. invite you to take some breath and allow yourself to continue to be in a space of receiving. Mm. And I invite you to allow these words of blessing to wash over you, to unfold you. May an abundance of gratitude burst forth as you reflect upon what you have received. May thanksgiving overflow in your heart and often be proclaimed in your prayer. May you gather around the table of your heart the ardent faithfulness, kindness, 
and goodness of each person who is true to you. May the harvest of your good actions bring forth plentiful fruit each day. May you discover a cache of hidden wisdom among the people and events that have brought you distress and sorrow. May your basket of blessings surprise you with its rich diversity of gifts and its opportunities for growth. And having received that blessing, and I hope you will take moments to reread that if there's something that in particular that tugged at you. We're going to um, engage in a Thanksgiving practice that was inspired by Deborah and Wayne Simmons. The Simmons family, once they had kids, created a ritual where at Thanksgiving and then at any meal where company had gathered, they go around the table and say what they're thankful for three times. So it's three rounds. So you do round one, round two, and round three, all while you're eating. So none of this is like while stuff is getting cold or tummies are grumbling. That's wisdom right there. We've said that before. Don't make it only a time before you eat. Let people eat and then get down to it because it's meaningful. I've experienced it. And so I want to offer you an opportunity to experience it as as well. And so as we do that, I want to, again, invite you back to your breath and to this place where you're seated, and Robert's going to offer us some music for support. And you are welcome to have this conversation with just yourself or the person next to you or behind you. You can choose. But let's begin to unpack the basket of blessings. I love that phrase. And we'll start with this question. And let's consider this an exercise where we maybe move from our head to our heart to our gut. So let's, let's just start right here. For what or whom are you thank, do you give thanks for this day? For what or for whom Will you give thanks for this day? Now let's just pause and sit with what's been shared or what you've written down. And now I invite you to just take a step or two down. Go a little deeper. For what are you thankful for? For what or for whom are you thankful for? And feel free to share or to continue writing or to just be still within yourself.
And again, let's sit with what's been shared. And you notice how this practice naturally deepens your awareness and your gratitude. Because friends, I invite you one more time to take a few steps deeper for what and for whom are you thankful? again, let's sit with what has bubbled up for you, with the tenderness and the tears that have been shared, with the stillness, and to our God, who is so faithful and so generous. Let us say thank you. Thank you.
said thank you for the music and friends may the peace and joy of Christ be with you and also with me